random lady came up to us and said, oh, I think someone's fallen down in the car park, was running towards us okay. and eyeballing us. And I thought, and then when he saw us, he turned around and started running backwards. And I thought, that's odd. Okay. And I looked at Rachel. I'm like, do you reckon this is going to be a code two? Which is a code caress for us. And Rachel's like, nah. So, we, you know, a few seconds later, we turn around, pull into the car park, and there's a guy laying on the, you know, asphalt with lady doing CPR. It's very ingrained to us. So, you know, continue CPR, oxygen away, which we didn't have, mm-hmm. um, charging. Um, and then I'm like, hands off. And there's, and I quickly looked at it and it was very massive course of air. We don't normally see that yep. course because obviously he was so fresh. He's so fresh. So, okay. and to complicate the scene, my, there was funny alarms started to go off very, very loudly. Welcome to the ED Jam. This is going to be horrible. No, it's good. The louder you talk into it, the, even though you're loud anyway. I'm not. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. I, I got told you actually have a, um, you never have an inside voice. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I always say to people, but did you think what I was saying? And they're like, yeah. I said, well, there's no difference. I just said it out loud. <laughs> no one else has the balls to say it. That is so good. Have you ever said it and then be like, I probably shouldn't have said that? All the time. Every day. <laughs> Welcome to the ED Jam. Yeah, what up? <laughs> Happy uh, Friday, you frothers. Um, welcome to hanging out with Steph. Um, and we're chatting to the, on a podcast today. Um, Steph, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> I have. It's taken me, I think, about four uh, It's probably taken me about a year to get you on the podcast. Um, but uh, I'm super stoked to have you here and um, thanks for having me at your house after a coffee and a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, so, Steph, what do you do? Um, and, yeah, what do you do for work? Um, intensive care paramedic with New South Wales Ambulance uh, for 25 years. 25 years. And a bit, yes. Do you get a little badge when you've been there 25 oh, years? Apparently, but, yeah, everyone else does too. You've never seen <laughs> You want a special Steph one? <laughs> Quiet one. Do, do you have your name on your badge, Steph, or do you do the... the yes, um, Steph. No, the I don't do the Bundy... No, we call it the jail number. I was going to say, there's yeah. a couple jail numbers I see around. Yeah, no, it's just Steph. Just Steph, you like it. I applied for a different one just at night for driver, but my boss didn't approve it. <laughs> just for driver? <laughs> I've got a badge for New South Wales Health that says legend. <laughs> and it went through all the way and I'm like wearing it around. Well, I want one too. Nah, I'll get it for you. <laughs> there's a couple of us out there, you know, they're hard badges to get. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Just Steph. Um, Twenty five years. Yep. So part time, two days a week. Obviously, kids. That keeps you busy. Yeah. Uh, and why the draw? To, you said you did, or you were talking before off air that you, um, you know, did nursing initially, and then sort of saw paramedics bring someone in A and E, and you're like, what the hell? I need to do this. Yeah, I. Back in those days, there was no paramedicine degree, so I did nursing thinking – I knew I was in the right field, but wrong job. Mm. So 18 months into it, 
and it was in the ED and I saw the ambos bring people in and out and they're like, if you hear the sirens come towards the hospital, go into that room and have a look. And I'm like, cool. So that was it. And then I mentioned it to my dad. Dad knew somebody. I went and did my first ride along. We did a catacaress on the first night and I was hooked. So good. I told my mum that I didn't need to finish my degree and that I wanted to just to join the ambos and I think her comment was over my dead body. And so did you finish your degree? So I finished my degree. Great. <laughs> no way. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was a very bad nurse, so very impatient. <laughs> Are you still patient now? <laughs> no, I'm still impatient. <laughs> I actually ran into a fellow paramedic as I was coming here and he said, uh, I love Steph Wise. He said, um, she always has her outside voice on. <laughs> And big jobs just seem to, you know, come towards her. That, that's sort of his term. So, yeah. Um, and he said, whenever he, you know, is at a job and looks up and sees you, he goes, "All right, we're, we're okay. We're okay. Yeah, we, we know where we're going." So yes. that's that was a good. Who was that? I won't say any names. <laughs> <laughs> Unidentified so, paramedic. Someone from the gong. <laughs> Unidentified paramedic. Um, and why do you love being a paramedic? Uh, I think two reasons. Maybe three reasons. Um, being outdoors, being indoors in nursing did my head in because yeah. no windows, just it's weird. Um, autonomy yeah. um, and never knowing what's coming next. Mm. That's probably the big one. The lack of autonomy in nursing drove me crazy. Mm. This sounds like a nursing bash, doesn't it? No, go ahead. I'm cool. Um, I've got thick, thick skin here. It's <laughs> <laughs> got the sun, leather. But, but I, yeah, but yeah. So anyway, autonomy definitely and being outside and mm. – Never knowing what's coming next. You could be doing the the job of your career in 30 minutes' time and you just don't know. Yeah, cool. Or you could be doing someone that's got a sore knee for the last 16 years. Yep. Yep. Does that get – like, do you ever get nervous? No. Never? Not now, I no. think. I think you, when you start, obviously, it takes you a while to be comfortable. And then when I did level five, someone said it takes two years to become comfortable doing that too. And I think that's about right. Mm, okay. Then, but I love I love that feeling. We call it the AF factor, but it doesn't stand for what you think. And um, What does AF stand for? Anal flutter. <laughs> <laughs> anal flutter. <laughs> but I, I love being under the pump. <laughs> I knew it didn't stand for atrial fibrillation, <laughs> just saying that. And if it came from you, it's got to be something else. <laughs> but I love being that, that feeling of being under the pump and all those fast decisions and, yeah, it's cool. Time goes quick, hey, when those big jobs happen. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, I haven't been there, but yeah. I can tell that. Yeah, and I think they... During COVID, they, I mean, I'm, I haven't been to school as such for ambulance for a long time, but they come up with this term called bandwidth. Mm. And when I heard it for the first time, I'm like, that's it. That's what it is. Mm. And your bandwidth is very short when you first start. And then obviously every year, you know, it just gets wider and wider and wider. And your ability to, yeah, think fast and, and have done probably that job a million times before mm. and do you ever look back at a job and go, fire, I can't believe I did that or I can't believe yes. we were able to do that as a team? Yeah, and it, yeah, and, and sometimes it's not always a great outcome but you wouldn't change how you did it and what happened and, yeah, it definitely depends on who's on your team. I was going to say, yes, you're, and for people out there, you're, you're not stuck, I shouldn't say you're stuck with someone else but you, you are, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steph's on the wrong stuff, <laughs> fire out. <laughs> but someone's going to be spending a fair bit of time with you on a shift or you're spending a fair bit of time with someone else. Yeah, and, and for the full-timers, they – you know, four, four shifts out of every nine days and at 12, well, minimum 12-hour shift, you spend more time with your partner than you do with your home partner. Yeah, that's a lot, eh? It's a lot of time. 
Yeah, you can see the people that love, they've got their work buddy or their work, oh, you know, so you cool. can tell they walk in, they're just like, you can, they're on fire. Like you know those like, memes where you say you did the high five in that when you find out you're working with your best mate for the shift, you're yeah. like, yes. I love it, eh? Because yeah. you do have those people, you're just like, yes. I went with Fiona a couple weeks ago, it was very funny. People look at us too and they're like, how did you two Off-y. get on the same car together? <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. I can understand there's, um, in nursing, there was a few people that I wasn't allowed to work with because we'd muck up too much. The same thing happens to me at the gym too, though. <laughs> <laughs> you two, split up. Exactly. It's like school, split Always. up, you can't sit together. Yep. Um, and, yeah, one thing I've learned from my observation of seeing you across two different hospitals, but, uh, you're pretty... Quiet? Yeah, that, I wouldn't say quiet. And, uh, <laughs> extremely loud. Um, but uh, I get called ugly most of the time. I like it um, when I see you. But you are uh, very genuine. You're very uh, to the point, which I like in, in emergency sort of stuff. You need someone who's going to mm. be to the point. Uh, and there's no sugarcoating anything, which I think is really good. Yep. Um, we're going to chat a little bit about a case that you're at. Um, and it's a bit of a weird case, but it had a really cool outcome. Yep. Um, run me through just the day and what happened on that day and what, what were you doing? Yeah. So I was at a, on a shift swap and I started at Bundina, which for people that don't know, it's, a little bit, it's technically a metro, but it's 30 minutes from the closest main road. It's yeah. isolated. Yep. Um, it's a small town, beautiful town, um, in the National Park. Mm. So started the shift and Rachel, and it normally a slow start out there. Yep. Takes, slow at Bundina. Takes time for people to wake up. so one road in one road out yes correct and ferry's the only way across from an ocean point of view yep yep so rach and i started together we went to the very small town to the choice of two cafes and (laughs) got a coffee (laughs) and uh, love you bandina yeah love you bandina and um yeah so we had a coffee and then one of the off-duty ambos that live in the town was there so we were chatting to her as well so and then we kind of you know Finished the coffee, went, walked across the road to the ambulance, standing there chatting as three chicks do. What time is this in the morning? Uh, now probably eight o'clock. Yep. Eight and in the um, yeah, and then some random lady came up to us and said, "Oh, I think someone's fallen down in the car park." Okay. And the car park's probably a hundred meters away. Okay. And I kind of looked at the girls. I'm like, "Oh, okay, no worries, let's go." And this happens a lot as a paramedic. If you're in uniform, do people yes. seem like they want to have it, like need you? You know what I mean? Oh, uh, sometimes we mm. try and avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go coffee. talk to the other person over there. <laughs> yeah, so we're kind of like, oh, okay, no worries. So we, you know, said goodbye to Michelle. Rachel and I jump in the car, and um, we just started driving down the road, and yep. it's literally, you know, hundred meters. Okay. And um, and then as we were driving down the hill, some guy um was running towards us, okay. and eyeballing us. And I thought, and then when he saw us, he turned around, and started running backwards, and I thought that's odd. Okay. And I looked at Rachel. I'm like, do you reckon this is going to be a code two, which is a code caress for us? And Rachel's like, nah. So. You know, a few seconds later, we turn around, pull into the car park, and there's a guy laying on the, you know, asphalt with lady doing CPR. AF, straight away. <laughs> no, I'm like, woo, let's go. No, AF, the other <laughs> AF. <laughs> nah. <laughs> not for these jobs. No, not for these jobs. So you, you see the dude looking at you, you're like, oh, gee. You get a your spider just senses a feeling, come up a little yeah. bit. Not many people run if someone's just fallen over and, you know, hurt an ankle or yep. gotten off or, you know, lacerations, abrasions or something. So I thought, assumed it was going to be or at least unconscious-ish. Okay. Yeah. Because that's interesting that you get – do you get those feelings when yeah. you see cases or just before it you go, oh, I think this could be – Yeah, and, and, and gut feeling for this job is really strong, especially for safety. Yep. And I don't – growing up I, you know, grew up in a very – I thought it was boring but it's not boring. Um, You know, picket fence, t- 
two kids, mm. two adults, you know, no horribleness, private school. And my parents didn't really explain gut feeling to mm. me. And mm. it was probably in my late 20s after being in the job for a few years where I finally understood that that feeling's there and it's normally right and you mm. should listen to it. Okay. So with my girls, as they were growing up, you know, the early teens, I'm explaining to them what it is and all that sort of stuff and how powerful it is, especially as a female, and mm. you should listen to it. And so now when they were little, I'd, you know, you'd see a psych patient or someone drug-affected walking past and I'd squeeze their hand and they knew that they were just to look and not say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to teach them what it was like and who these, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and so it's hard to explain that to people, isn't it? It's very hard yeah. to explain it. Like but what? you get this feeling sometimes mm. walking into a job and you're like, oh, hang on a second, just let's take this slower. Okay. Yeah. So you get that feeling, you, you're you looking, you know, you're in, you're, you're quite high up in a in, in the vehicle. Yeah. yeah. You're looking down, you see Yeah, so I see him, yeah. So she, and she was doing okay CPR. And so I just like, I said to her, so I just grabbed the microphone, I gave it to Rach because she was driving and I said, you call it in and I'll jump out and yep. start this. Mm-hmm. So jumped out and um, just grabbed the life pack and, you know, started doing all the stuff. So I told yep. the lady to keep going, started cutting his clothes off, putting the pads on. Yep. Um, and then Michelle, the original off-duty paramedic, had a feeling that something was not as it seemed. Ah. So she walked down. She got the intuition as well. She did. So she walked down and she turns up and I'm um, like, right, awesome, swap, you know, jump on the chest and yep. do better CPR. Yep. Um, and so by this stage, um, Rachel had called it on the radio and she jumped out and she'd grabbed the, um, you know, the Viver and she'd put a Goodell's in him while we were charging up for the first time. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that have happened in that short space of a yeah. few minutes. Yeah. And you didn't communicate with Michelle at all to come no. down. No, was, no, no. You I said, we're going to go, yeah, she'd check later. it out, see you later. Yeah, and she just said I had a feeling. Mm. It's quite interesting, isn't it, cool, the isn't intuition, it? like yeah, yeah. To, to think that other people yeah. can feel the same sort of yeah. vibe. Yeah, I mean, they all the three girls, the two other girls I was with have both been in the job for a while too, so. Okay, yeah. that's quite interesting. Mm. We'll, we'll come back to that yeah. and why that's important. Um, so you get there, you've, you know, instantly taking, like, cut his clothes off. Um, your other mates called through to get back up because you need you need especially in that place, thirty minutes away. At le- probably from caring about forty. Forty minutes. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. Uh, and you know you know statistically about cardiac arrest in terms of how long. What's the rough survival rate for people? For us, it's less than 10%. ten percent. Ten less than ten yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah, a good outcome. Walk out of hospital outcome. Yeah, yeah. and you don't you, at that time you don't know how long CPR has been happening for. No, either. and I don't know how well and yeah, and I don't know. How long he was down for either? Because Bundina was empty. There's not one car in the car park. Mm. And apparently, I found out later on that the only reason they'd walked past him already, this couple, and the only reason they turned around was because they heard the thump of him falling in the ground. So, okay. I think any much longer, and they wouldn't have heard him fall. Okay, so. crazy. Mm. Um, so your mate takes over CPR. Yeah. Uh, you jump on the life pack. Yep. Yep. Talk me through what happens next. So put the pads on. Um, you know, when we started a coach, so. It's very ingrained to us. So, you know, continue CPR, oxygen away, which we didn't have, mm-hmm. um, charging. Um, and then I'm like, hands off. And there's and I quickly looked at it and it was very massive course of effort. We don't normally see that yep. course because obviously he was so fresh. He's so fresh. So, um, and then we um, delivered the shock. And then I said to Michelle, back onto the chest, which is our, we don't check for a pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and she continued on. And then very quickly he started moving. Whoa! Yeah, his head and his shoulders, and I'm like, oh, okay, and I and I said to Michelle, it's all right, still going, and um, and then he it became more obvious that that was not going to happen. So I said to Michelle, all right, let's stop and let's check. And then he was in a 
what looks like a very fast SVT at about 240, but obviously it wasn't. It was probably yep. just a reperfusion rhythm. But then that's when my fast decisions had to be made. Okay. So I'm like, he doesn't have any – he's only got a Goodell's in. He um, is in this rhythm that technically can be shocked because yep. of his LOC and sync cardioverted, but I don't want to shock yep. another heart, this heart again. Yep. Um, he needs sedation, he needs a line-in, he needs a 12-lead, and he needs a blood pressure, and I need to see if that's perfusing his head. So that was my... They're, they're quick. Like, I guess I've got <laughs> no, like I do, because like, it's like to think in, a, in that short space of time of, about, like, you know, there's about 10 decisions in that, or, you know, 10 little yes. things that need to happen in that, that process. With three of us. Yeah. With three people. Yeah. So, okay. and... To complicate the scene, my there was funny alarms started to go off very, very loudly. Alarms. And one alarm. And I knew it wasn't an ambulance alarm. Yep. So it didn't concern me that it was one of our, like, bits of equipment malfunctioning yep. Yep. or something else. But I, there was an alarm going off and I couldn't work out what it was, but I chose to ignore it. And that's, we'll come back to that. Yeah, because that, that can be difficult in terms of the yeah. mental headspace, especially. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In hospital, we want to just silence. Yes, silence exactly. Just stop, I've got to think. <laughs> the thinking noise, you know, yes. we talk about it. Or if your kids are talking to you and there's TV on, you're yeah, like... it's like the metronome. It's like, yeah. shut up. Turn that thing <laughs> off now. I'll break it. <laughs> yes. So I decided to ignore the rhythm and just pray to the gods that I don't believe in that it'll recover okay. with a little bit of oxygen and some time. Okay. So then I said to Michelle, I need, can you feel for a pulse? Yep. And she's like, yep, I can feel that it's carotid, that's perfusing. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm like, you do a 12 lead. Um, Rach was doing oxygen and I was putting a line in. Okay. Yep. Um, so you've cracked, knowing Steph, she's got a line in. you got you got a line in, I all right? I got a line in. Yeah. Eve, and I think with the new cannulas, <laughs> which my friends are finding funny. I love I love when people can, or even in your job, I got to do a transfer across and um, – they were quite unwell to another hospital. And I remember one of the paramedics was like, and we'll go and have a bumps. He goes, now you try and cannulate with this. And I was like, far out. Like, it was just like, just give me a vibe. Like, just yeah. showing me the vibe. I'm like, man, that would be hard. Like, when the car's yeah. moving and when yeah. you do get an 18 or a big gauge in, you've got to be like pretty proud of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you crank a line in um, and you're getting some other people to do other jobs. Does that come instinctually to you to be a team leader and to, or is that part of the job to be able to take control? Uh, both. I think for the role you need to be a team leader, otherwise someone else will take over and then potentially the job can go in a direction that you don't want it to. But I'm pretty alpha A and we all know each other really well and mm -hmm. they're just, yeah, people know what needs to be done as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just start barking out orders and it happens. Okay. <laughs> and you'd find different, there's got to be some different personalities where Massive. there might be two alphas in a case or... Definitely, yeah. Yep. So I think I've been around a long time and people can see the green, the grey hair and the wrinkles and they know that they should On the just... On But they should just listen. <laughs> Look, this has been here for, you know, I'm, I'm doing... These wrinkles are caused by this job, mate. So yeah. just do as you're told. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's important, isn't it, that someone does take control? Yes. Like it's important that someone actually does... And that's part of becoming an ICP and it's actually one of the criteria because I do some assessing it. Um, our education centre and it's mm. one of the criteria is, is it's team leader because yep. if you don't have it you, it turns to a mess very yep. very quickly yep. okay. especially if you have an alpha P1 or qualified paramedic that if you're not going to take over they will yeah. and you see it happen yeah okay you know? 
So you get your mates doing some oxygen. You talked about giving some sedation. Yep. Um, and you, you thought about the brain being an important part that could have potentially been hit by cranking the concrete. Yep. Um, what did you do in terms of sedation? What were you thinking? So t- um, because he didn't have a, an airway in of any description, mm. then it excludes our morph-medaz yep. mix. Um, so my choices are ketamine or um, medaz. And t- my husband's a, a CTO, clinic, yep. so I may have discussed it with him afterwards. And I'm like, so my foot and pattern goes, ketamine, is, it's a great drug, but yeah. it's fiddly for us to draw up. Yep. So and then we have to decant it from a twenty mil syringe yep. because he's over the age of I don't know seventy or whatever the age is. I knew I was going to have to give half the dose again, so it's an even smaller dose. And I'm like, I don't have that much time. Yeah. I, he's now like his arms are now lifting off the pavement, yep, okay. and it's, he's becoming hard to manage. So I just knew Medaz, quick, easy, simple. Mm. I know I love Medaz. You know how it works. You yep. know how it's going to affect them. You know how what's going to happen if you overdose them. You know how to fix it. Yes. It's, Predictable. Yep. So quickly drew up my dad's, just gave him two milligrams, worked like a dream. IV. Yep. And was the rationale behind that to then be able to control the situation so he's not yeah, because becoming I'm like, flapping? He, or? He, yeah, because I'm like, I need to sedate him so that he's not using and trying to get up and fight me because yep. we're literally going to have to hold him down because yep. he's so hypoxic and um, so that we do get oxygen to his brain and we can awesome. yeah, perfuse it and his heart and hopefully make that cranky rhythm go away okay and he's still sitting in this funky rhythm no that had probably i don't know when it technically went but i remember looking up again and he was just in a very angry sinus over yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting how you like post cardiac you would have seen way more than me but post uh you know rosk rhythms yeah. there they can be anything that's yes. like yeah can be they can be slow they can be fast they can be all over the place yeah. they can be pauses they can be vbs and then go back into so- like an af af yeah everything it's so funky, like yeah. You, you so yeah, it was just his underlying was um, a sinus rhythm with lots of you know ups and downs on either side of the okay. bar. Yep. So I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that. I can manage that. You can manage it. Um, <laughs> I can manage that. That's good. We, we can play ball. Um, and what else? Do you said you got a line in yeah, um, oxygenation wise. You're pretty happy with just a yeah, just a normal mask. Yep. Yeah, because he was holding his own. Yep. So Madaz um, on dance because I didn't want to have to deal with that in the car because it is a windy, horrible yep. trip out. Um, and I didn't know if he'd had breakfast or not had breakfast or whatever. Um, and then Michelle, I think, had got the bed out and I just said, we just need to go and meet the other car on the way. Yep, okay. So, yeah. What did he look like to you when you were looking at him? Once you, like when you first got to him, before you got to, because you talked, we talked about this off, off air, you can't fake uh, like looking, uh, what they colour. look like, the yeah. colour. You said you can't colour fake colour. What do you mean by that? Well, some patients may fake certain things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unconsciousness, <laughs> breathing. Fake seizures. Fake seizures. <laughs> breathing. Um, but I always say to the babies, you can't fake colour and you yep. can't fake sweat. And so oh. when someone's got either or one of those or both, something's happening. Yeah, cool. You should be aware of it. I love it. That's that's a should be a tag on a little <laughs> can't fake colour, can't fake sweat. I'll get you a T-shirt. I'm going to get, get one made. Can I get one? <laughs> sure. I'm going to get one made. You can't fake colour, can't fake sweat. <laughs> yep. Hashtag so, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> and then AF after it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, that's interesting. All yeah, right. so chucked him on the bed uh, and the um, I expected him to be, you know, having a STEMI or something mm. and it came up, you know, goodish. Yep. But not STEMI. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So technically we can't we, – we can transmit our STEMI to – via our Wi-Fi to the closest hospital. Yep. And so that was kind of my plan, thinking they can open the cath lab and yeah. all that sort of yep. stuff. And um, – he wasn't a STEMI, so I'm like, okay, so, but this alarm also was still going off. So 
at one point, one of the girls kind of yells at me, what is that alarm? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, it must be his, like, Apple Watch or his iPhone saying that yeah. he's in arrhythmia or something. And so I, I remember taking off his watch and throwing that away and he's, I don't know where his phone was, but it was annoying me. And eventually the alarm stopped. Okay. And so that kind of went away. So we put him in the car. I think I put some Hartmans up and yep. um, Michelle went back to her normal day. And See, Michelle, thanks for your help. Thanks really Michelle, appreciate please. it. <laughs> thanks for coming. Um, and so we start heading out of Bundina um, with the other car approaching us. So they said they're about 10, 15 away. Okay. You're treating in the back of the car yep. and the stage and your partner's driving. Yep. yep. Cool. Um, so then I made a decision to... Do you, do you floor it? Like just, just no, not out of the park. You get too no. sick. I it's pretty I'll, sketchy. I'll puke. Yeah. You'll puke too. Yeah. Um, and we don't normally have a seatbelt on if you're doing stuff either. That's a good point. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so then I decided to transmit it anyway. Cool. Because I find it's easy to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. <laughs> Generally in life. <laughs> Glenn's just walked out and just checked with that one, you know? Yeah, cool. So, and um, the, so the cardiologist rings you back and he was lovely and I'm like, so I know I'm not supposed to do this, but this is what I've done. Mm. This is the story where, at, you know, 40 minutes out, he's, you know, post VFRest, um, not STEMI, but just wanted to let you know. And he's like, yep, awesome. Bring him straight through to the cath lab. Great. And we, uh, we've seen a big – you would have seen in the last 25 years a huge change on Massive. the use of cath lab. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen benefits from that? Oh, the amount of people that have walked out of hospital in the last 10 years compared to the 10 years previously, mm. phenomenal. Yeah. Like I think maybe one or two in the first 10 or 15 years I ever did. Wow. Like our stats were awful. But they're absolutely getting better. Yeah, they are. I agree. Yeah. It's such a good – It's and you're almost not – like I work in ED and it's great to stop in ED, but I do feel like if – there's something that can be fixed straight away. Mm. It's blocked. Bang. Take yeah, him to the drive through. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. You've seen a few. I've seen yeah. a few. I love yeah. watching yeah. it. It's awesome. Yeah, so we transmitted and then the other car met us on Bundina Drive somewhere and one of their guys got in with me in case it, it went downhill again. And that just helps. So if he rests again, yep. someone can do CPR, you yep. can manage an airway. Yep. yep. Okay, cool. Um, and then we had a kind of a bit of downtime in terms of everything was running well and then I finally pulled my phone out mm. and had a look and I noticed that the Good Sam app had been alarming and it was my alarm in my pocket on my phone. Okay. Run me through the Good <laughs> Sam app. It was, so it was your phone the whole yeah, time? my phone. <laughs> After all my swearing and ripping watches off. <laughs> but it just shows you that, like you said, your bandwidth. Like your yes. bandwidth is max because you're focusing on, you know, yeah. life-saving treatment for someone else. You've, the cool thing is you acknowledged it, like you obviously realised yes. it was there, and but you tried chose to fix it. You tried to fix Couldn't it. Couldn't fix it. Couldn't oh well. <laughs> the show must go on. The show must go on. So it's a, I believe it's come from you know overseas. It's uh, all about um, quick access CPR to cardiac arrest in the community. Mm. So at the moment, the app has come to Australia and it's only open to medical professionals at the okay. moment. But that's changing and it's about to go to the public. Okay. So I don't know, maybe we should get Jess to tell us more about this. Um, so I registered a few months ago mm. and it's um, basically anyone who calls in a cardiac arrest into ambulance, the Good Sam app can pinpoint where the arrest is and it alarms anyone that's registered within about a three to 500 metre radius of that job to say there's a cardiac arrest, can you attend? Wow. So obviously... This was a, a different situation because yes. not normally the paramedics on scene before it's called in. Yep. So that's why, because Good Sam recognised that my phone was there because the job didn't get called in until Rachel 
Maybe actually maybe. called it in, but yep. the first shock was actually given before our scene time. Wow. So, yeah, it was different, but it doesn't normally happen like that. And that's why it was going off. You have a friend that work, works in that sort of realm with that app? Yeah, in ambulance. Yep. She, they're controlling it, yep. So, Pretty cool, eh? Very cool. So apparently they're getting good, some good results from it already. Mm. So It just shows you, hey, like someone in the public that can do good effective CPR can really make a huge difference. Yep. Time is brain. Especially if you're a paramedic, it helps too. <laughs> We're just bossing me to tell everyone to get out of the way. <laughs> That's cool. So in the end, you found the source of the noise yes, and it correct. was not the patient's and iPhone or watch. it was me again. <laughs> you had your outside voice on. Yes. Um, so you find it. Eventually when you pull it up, did you go, ah, oh, bloody hell. Exactly. Or, I yep. just laughed and I'm kind of like, right, oh, that explains that. Okay. Yep. But then you sort of were like, mm, So then I got, an alar- I got an email the next day saying, oh, we, you were, um, had, good Sam Matt went off and you didn't respond. But thanks anyway. And I'm like, oh, actually, I probably need to tell them what happened. <laughs> actually, I saved the, the gentleman's life. So can I get like an extra tick or something? More chocolate? Yeah. A review? <laughs> Google review? Yeah. So that's kind of that side of it. Um, yeah. So we transported him to Southo, yep. went to cath lab. Um, I went and did my paperwork and came back and said, you know, what, what was it? You know, which block did he have? And they're like, oh, he didn't. Mm. We think it was an arrhythmia. He'll probably get a pacemaker and defib in the next couple of days. Okay. Interesting. So we did another couple of jobs and we came back about four hours later into yep. s- and went and saw him in CCU and he was um, GCS 15 talking, two daughters, two grandkids sitting in the room. So that was pretty cool. Mm. How did you feel when you walked back in and saw him sitting up? Uh, I th- that's when you get emotional and you think, mm. you look at the two kids that were, you know, like two, three years old and you're like, and, the, and his daughter's thinking your day could have been horrendous. Yep. And now we're not aware of how horrendous it could have been. Mm. Do you think you know that, that side of the story just because of the 25 years in the job and you know that there's times when you're having the opposite Yeah, absolutely. Like and you walk through the corridor and you're just like you're gulping quickly mm. and walking and you just know, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's tough, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah, I think it's important to recognise both sides of the coin, isn't it? Yeah, and, it just, and celebrate the wins, mm. even if it is quietly, even me. Yeah, even you. you. You were quiet. Gee, it must have been, you know, to get Steph quiet, it must have been, you know, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I had to swallow a few times. <laughs> oh, anyway, it's interesting. Um, so, yeah, just, yeah, I think it's good to pause on that point too because, um, yeah, you guys do see a lot of people that don't come into hospital that, that die and you do get yeah. cases where people don't actually... You, know, you do everything, all your best efforts and all your best algorithms, all your best yep. coaches, all your best drugs, all your best, you know, quick thinking, you still yep. end up, man, bloody hell, it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and this one, you sort of like, fire out, this this kind of worked. Yeah. Kind of worked. Yeah, that no, was good. So he, the story was he was about to get on the ferry to go across to Cronulla. Bloody hell. To meet with his mates. And this is a private ferry, ferry with no defib. Yep. Um, so he, he was probably only, yeah, I don't know. 10, 15 minutes getting off that. So must have just been an arrhythmia. And while she was doing pretty good CPR, was obviously helping a lot. Mm. Interesting, yeah. Because like, that, that's moments away from sliding a doors. bad sliding doors, like yeah. you mentioned before. Yep. Um, and you can, yeah, be not far off. Yeah. Being, having no support. Yep. Okay. Uh, and his story is quite interesting, isn't yeah, it? Like it he, is. he's not—he's a doctor. So is that yeah, he, the first words he says to me as the medaz was wearing off as we were approaching the hospital is, "I have a complex medical history." I'm like, awesome. <laughs> 
So he tells me he's got um, metabolic rhabdomyolysis and I'm like, oh, man, that's above my pay grade at the moment. (laughs) So it turns out that he's a rheumatologist, he's retired, um, and later on I found out that he had funded a defibrillator to go into the Bundina Bolo a few years prior to that. No way. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool, bit of karma. Mate, there you go. Yeah. He literally funded uh, defib for the Yeah, so with that and the men's shed. Yep, yep, yep. So that was cool. So wow. he, he after he went home, he went to the off-duty paramedic's house, mm. um, asked her to give um, his mobile number to me for me to give him a ring. Mm. So I get this message. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's odd. And But but knowing he was a doctor, I thought he might have questions. Mm. So I met him for a coffee and he tells me that it's his second out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. You're kidding. And I'm like, What? Like, people don't survive one, let alone two. Yeah, the- um, so he tells me this story with my mouth hitting the floor that he was um, in New Zealand. He was in the New Zealand Alpine ski medical team that, you know, run up and down mountains who probably can ski a little bit better than me. <laughs> and he was on a day off and him and his mate decided to climb some, you know, mountain. Big mountain. I don't know what it's called, Mount Teppanyaki or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Um, and he said he reached the um, the top of the mountain and he goes, he came over the edge and he said he didn't feel very well and he, per his mate, he collapsed, he fell down a little crevasse, which was about three metres down, mm. um, and obviously he'd arrested and as it happened, apparently two off-duty ambos came over the top of the mountain. No. <laughs> so this must, this was when he was like 30, early 30s, this must have been 40 years ago. Um so they obviously got him back mm. and then decided they had to get him to the bottom of the mountain without him down helping. Down Yeah, down Teppanyaki. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not just sliding him down. <laughs> and they're not saying just step down the stairs. So I don't know how they managed, but they got him to the bottom and apparently the, um, the weather came in and the helicopter said, we can't come and get you, you'll have to wait. Oh, and so yeah. one of them apparently had done a recent, um, you know, education on hypothermia Mm. they dug a hole into the dirt and put him in it they covered him with all the parkas and then covered him with snow obviously up to his neck and dropped his temperature for the next 12 hours which was this recent training so then the helicopter turns up and he goes to hospital and that's when he was diagnosed with this metabolic rhabdomyolysis yeah and the dude, he did he arrest at all? Did they didn't you he, mention that he, he arrested at the top? Yep. And then they did CPR and got him back. Yep. So I and don't know the technicalities yeah. at the top, but yep. yeah, the fact that he'd survived the second time. That's crazy. Yeah. Up up a mountain, kind yep. of arrest. Like this guy loves to get to, you know, locations where you don't have a lot of people and around. Have paramedics <laughs> just hanging around yeah. waiting for him to arrest. He's <laughs> got. You need a shirt saying like, "Is there any off duty people around for me?" You know, he needs an off duty mate, like just hanging out. Yeah, maybe he needs to do the good CMF. He does. Talk about being at the right place at the right time. It's so often when you hear stories of like tragic events, you sort of hear, you know, an off-duty paramedic was there, an off-duty doctor was there, an off-duty nurse was there. Someone had done, a, you know, a first aid course recently or something like that. These, ca- these cases really show you that having knowledge in this profession is really helpful in being able to act quickly can really benefit patients' lives. I'm not the best promoter of things, however, I do promote um, first aid, I do promote um, people doing a first aid course, I also do promote people 
being able to do CPR, it's a really um, important skill uh, that you can have that can be life-saving and it can be really helpful uh, to have that skill under your belt. So maybe you're listening and you haven't done any sort of medical degree or haven't done any nursing or paramedicine, um, but would want to know about it, I recommend uh, doing a first aid course or even being taught how to do basic CPR for adults and children. Um, pretty interesting about funding. You just mentioned like he'd funded yep. for... Um, why is it important, do you think, to have local like defibrillation points around the place? Because we know that that's, you know, what helps is fast defibrillation, fast CPR, mm. and we know what our response times are like. Mm. Like it's, you know, on a good day, nine minutes maybe yep. plus. Mm. So, and if we, if he, the closest... Amb- if Bundina had got a job prior to him arresting... The closest ambulance is Ingadine and it's a, even lights and sirens along those bends, it's 30 minutes. Yeah, it's a long time, isn't mm. it? Yeah, too, probably too long for even two members of the public to do good CPR. Mm. So a, good, a good learning point about paramedics um, having coffees together. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start me. <laughs> in local places. That we got told off for a few months ago, but let's not go there. Yeah, they look what happens. Hey, yeah. thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. We're going to meet again. Let's Don't congregate. You've got to congregate, mate. It's got to happen. Sorry. <laughs> Don't care if anyone else is listening. You need to congregate. I yep. think it's important. Um, that's, yeah, interesting. It's an interesting sort of, you know, he's got a couple of lives, this guy. Yeah. Mm. Maybe five to go. Maybe five to go. Yeah. I, I'm assuming now he's got a defib in it. Yeah, he does. And he's got a, yeah. yeah, so he can just get a couple of shocks while he's at home. Yep. Um, interesting, cool. Um, why why did this job stand out for you? Like we we've been trying to get you on the podcast. We're going to talk about seizures. We're going to talk about <laughs> other things. When this one popped up, you sort of were like, "Hey, this story is interesting. Why did it sort of catch you so much?" Oh, I just think because it has such a good outcome. Like that we we you know we probably weren't supposed to be where we were. We were a hundred meters away. Um, the off duty paramedic. It was just a lot of things aligned for this guy. Mm. Yeah. And it's, and it's cool. He's obviously, you know, been a, a doctor himself for, you know, I would assume 50 years. And he talked to me later on about, you know, there was a lot of people in his medical class that he thought were just there for the money. Mm. And he goes, and I, I, I wasn't there for that. I just wanted to help people. And he talked about a young girl to me that um, was like 23. He said she, she had the blood work of like a 60-year-old, you know, running into that, you know, horrendous... Um, rheumatoid arthritis and he goes and I just knew I had to fix it and he said so you know he used this new drug 12 months later she had the blood work that she should have had at that age and he goes and it was so good to know that she was never going to end up like those ladies we normally see with those fingers Mm. pointing in the wrong direction so yeah it's you know similar backgrounds and Mm. we're all trying to do the same thing differently Mm -mm -mm. yeah it's interesting he probably gets paid a little bit more than me though just, just, just a couple more dollary dues. It raises, you know, you, you guys don't get paid anything, mate. It's, it, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? We sort of look and they were putting a thing up on equality the other day about it and I was like, it's awesome. Like, it's so good. There needs to be equality in the workplace but it also needs to be a bit bit of a couple of, couple of goldies, you know, a couple of... My 19-year-old was pouring beers at the Wagga RSL on Easter Sunday, $60 an hour. No. Yep. $60. Those just lollipop people too earn a fortune She's as getting well. paid more than me per hour. Come on, mate. That's you know anyway. Should we get Chris, Chris Minns on maybe for a podcast? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> sort this out, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, and however we we do lock a bit of coin, but um, but you raise something interesting that you do. We do this job because we want to help people. 
Uh, and there's days, obviously, when you get frustrated when nothing seems to work or mm. you feel like no one does actually appreciate you. Um, but the fact that this gentleman reached out and was like, hey, I want to I want to talk to their person. Do, do you find that people, I mean, you've been there for a few cardiacrests in your career. Yeah. Some people, and I've heard some stories where they're just too embarrassed. They don't want to find the person. They don't want to, they just sort of, and other people really feel like they're endeavoured to like, I want to find the person who saved my life. I really want to meet them. I want to talk to them. Yeah, I think it's, it's inter- interesting. I think a lot of Ambos follow up on jobs through like you guys and mm. will say, hey, you remember that job we brought in last week? Can you look it up and see yeah. how they're going? And it's nice to find out that they're out of ICU and yeah. they are going to live if it's trauma-related or, yep. you know, whatever the job was. And that's enough for yep. us normally. Yep. Um, I've, I've followed up properly a couple of patients over the years and you – I got one response that I didn't expect and it was really hard. It was um, – he was still – it was a trauma job and, you know, he'd lost his leg but he was very angry and it was really – it really took me aback that day. So I think I'm wary about what I chase up normally and what I don't. Okay. And that, sometimes enough is just to hear, oh, they're out of ICU, they're, they're good, they're going to make full recovery. Yep. And you're like, awesome. That's closure for you? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Because you do invest a lot of yourself in these things, don't you? Like yes. you, you put in every part of your brain, your emotional. You yeah. Know, you just really yeah. give everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. What What do you wish? Um, like, there's a lot of junior paramedics coming through. There's a lot of people that have been in the job for a while. Uh, I always say, if someone's been in the job 25 years, they've got, they must have a bit of resilience. Maybe. A yeah, a little bit. bit. <laughs> yeah. And they've got they've got to have some qualities that, that have kept them there for that long to still like you still come in the door and you're still smiling, you're still happy, you're still I'm sure you have your dark days. Well, let's not go there, but I'm sure there's something that you've got. What yeah, is I it? probably don't, you know, like I what you see is what you get. I think you if you don't laugh every hour, then you should probably be here. Like <laughs> and we know like life's short, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have no idea what's around the corner and you need to enjoy what we have and it mm. sounds quite religious which i'm not but you you know you've got healthy kids you've got healthy family you we live in a first world country yeah. i keep telling my girls there you know if you've got a brown bowl and a brown bowl a bowl full of brown m&ms and one red one you're it mm. like you live in a big world and you are very it's a long winding story to this it's probably very boring no, but no it is what? They keep going. I'm loving it. Okay. So I say <laughs> Don't the, hit me. <laughs> so I say the girls, genetically, you know, you're very lucky. I said mm. you, were bo- you were born um, to two people in a first world country and then you were born into a capital city in this amazing first world country and then you're born to p- two people that lived in the Southern Shire, which is I think is a great part of Sydney, yeah. with two parents that have both got degrees, therefore both have that level of income that can sustain you to do pretty much whatever you want, yeah. sport or schooling or whatever and you don't go without and you've got clean drinking water and as much food as you want yep. and there's there, you're probably in a small percentage of the world that can say that 100 percent, yeah less than the cardiac arrest out of hospital cardiac arrest you know what i mean really? yeah absolutely so i i don't know i just think you need to enjoy life and you know enjoy it yeah That's laugh cool. about it you gotta laugh about it you gotta laugh I'm normally laughing at someone but <laughs> oh, i probably am too i, I laugh and then I realize, oh no yeah mm, okay to get through this job I, I don't know what the key is. I think my mum's theory is that my brother's also an Ambo, which complicates things, but she reckons that your childhood is like a table with four legs mm. and if there's something traumatic happens or, you know, abuse or whatever, one of your table legs can fall off but the table will still stand. Mm. And 
But then if you enter the emergency services or, you know, like the army services, then something that's traumatic and therefore another table leg will fall off and then your table falls over. Yeah, got you. But she goes, if you entered the um, emergency services with four legs, then even if one falls off, you're okay. Yeah. So I think that's quite close. I think that if you have a very stable, boring childhood to start with, then you can manage this job. Yeah, interesting, hey? Mm. Because you do see a lot of people where they fall off and you're sort of like, wow, was there anything predisposing them to that or... There's normally something. Yeah. Yeah. There's normally something in the background or there's a mental health something. Mm. Yeah. And it's important, like, you're pretty active, you're running, you're doing other things that keep you pretty much... I'm a big advocate for people exercising Mm. that work in emergency services. I'm just big on it. Free drugs. Yeah, it's free drugs. <laughs> it's free drugs, you know. It's not yep. You don't have to look at the ketamine bowl no, and work it out. It's free. Exactly. But I do feel like you come to work with a bit of a different attitude. Your yep. mentality is different. Yep. I do think you end up working like harder in terms of the way you think. Um, and I've got I to keep up with all the probies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I I don't want to be the old paramedic that can't get down on her knees and can't help with the lift and yep. is yep. trying to avoid physical stuff. And It's good. Yeah. Um, what would be your take-home message for people listening out there? Your cardiac arrest stuff, anything you want to add on cardiac arrest stuff that you think the the Good Sam app is something that we yeah, can... Yeah, Good Sam app. Um, but just I think when you ask someone, would you be willing to start CPR on someone who you think has, you know, literally died in front of you? They're like, oh, but I don't want to break a rib. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Mm. I don't want to cause any more harm. And my take-home message is it, the biggest harm you'll do is not starting. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you break a rib. It doesn't matter if you make them worse. It doesn't matter if they're not dead or they're nearly dead. Just start and you'll work it out. Yeah, and if they're... And don't, you don't have to start breathing and you don't have to do 30 yep. to 2 and you don't have to do any of that. Just start CPR. Yep. Yeah, it's such a good thing, hey. And we've seen a lot of like, even surf lifesavers get on the board. A lot of workplaces now are really, you know, getting on board with early defibrillation and early CPR, yep. which is good. Hopefully, Bundina Ferries will listen to this and they can get a <laughs> defib on the ferry. I don't think it's a bad option. There's so many people that get on a ferry yeah, that go across to Bundina. Absolutely. If you're in the middle of the and ocean And they're simple there, to use, yep. If you're in the middle of the ocean there, I reckon hopefully someone listens and they can throw a, a defib on Bundina Ferry. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we'll see what happens there. Um, and anything else you want to add? No. No, cool. <laughs> um, you And uh, um, we would have loved to have been able to – it's so good that we were able to talk about this case and that we had permission to ch- chat about it. Um, and I think it's so good to get closure on cases, but also just to reiterate, I love having loud people around who tell, who tell you who, who can be honest. And I think there's so much uh, that you've been able to give to to paramedics and to patients. So um, you're awesome, Steph. So are you, Benny. You <laughs> done. The EDGM podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on which this recording is occurring today, the Darabal people, and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. I don't know about you guys, but I love that episode. I love when people can come in to a situation, take control, uh, and in this situation, we're able to save a man's life. Uh, and he is super um, grateful to Steph. I'm going to put up a photo when I promote this episode where you can see them together. It's really awesome. Really cool to see uh, emergency workers at their finest. <coughs> bit of strider there. Oh, the ICP's diagnosing me with a bit of strider. Steroids. What's my adrenaline? <laughs>